Hello lovelies. I hope you're having a beautiful week and you're staying safe. So this question, this very pertinent question, are we ready? And attempting to answer this question has opened up for me a portal to very diverse, very unique, very interesting perspectives. I'm here again today fishing for more answers and here with me today to break this down a little more is the CEO of Mind Capital, a firm that builds brands and business models. I like to call him a social activist. He is very vocal in the areas of development, public policy, communication and social change. He is the voice behind Mark Amaza, the podcast, which you can also find on Anchor FM. So without further ado, let's get into it. Here it goes. Hello, Mark. Thank you for being here with us today. Please tell us a little about yourself. Hi, my name is Mark Amaza. I work in the development sector, uh, focused on policy, uh, research and analysis, and advocacy. I'm also a freelance writer and a passionate young Nigerian involved in a few social causes, most notably the Not Young to Run movement. So for a couple of weeks now, I've been speaking with um, passionate young Nigerians about this pertinent question. And uh, I'm very happy that I get to talk with you today, um, to pick your brain, to learn from your wealth of knowledge, because I do know that you have some experience and a lot of knowledge when it comes to, you know, this question. So I'm going to dive right in and ask, do you think the youth in Nigeria are ready for um, positions of political leadership? Yes, I do believe so. Um, Nigerian youths have actually shown competence uh, and leadership in every aspect of us of our life, um, business, um, you know, um, social work and activism. Why not also in, polit- in politics and governance? So yeah, Nigerian youths are actually ready for leadership, um, for political leadership as well. It's not an exception. I digress a little. Some people um, would say that. The NSARS movement or campaign showed a lack of strategy um, by the young men and women who were on the streets daily and on social media um, protesting against police brutality and um, seeking an end to bad governance. According to these people, um, the fact that these young men and women rejected any form of leadership showed a lack of strategy and strategy is something that's very important um, in leadership what would you say to this i disagree with those who believe that the fact that the answers they have a traditional leadership structure meant that it's a lack of strategy i think it it actually was a brilliant strategy for many reasons so one it had leadership it wasn't just a um visible traditional leadership where there's one person or a group of persons calling the shots but then if it had had that it would no longer be a movement it would not be an organization so let me make a comparison to the civil rights movement in the u.s in the 1960s 
there were many groups involved in the civil rights movement. So you had the Southern Baptist Leadership Conference led by Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. You had um, the NAACP, um, which had a very uh, more traditional structure with city chapters and state chapters. You had those who were more the more militant side, like the Nation of Islam um, and, and folks like Malcolm X and the Black Panther Party. These were all doing the all were all different groups and but they all focused on one goal which was um, equal um, racial equality in the u.s so i mean they disagree within themselves so for example malcolm x considered mlk to be too pacifist and black panther really felt taking a different approach and you know all had different approaches but towards one goal so for me i look i look at NSAS movement that way in the sense that it had this similar we all this is what we're all working towards but in different ways because the essence protest is not over yes we might not be having physical protests on the streets but the agitations are still continuing in many many different ways and it being a movement this way has allowed people to take ownership of it and to build what they want to build on top of that for example i mean you can credit people like feminist coalition who's reached which raised over 150 million naira and supported the move the protest in different ways medical legal and the rest but there are also other people there's a young is a young lawyer who built an organization of 700 lawyers around the country going around get making sure that protesters wrongly arrested were, were freed and so on and so forth um you had people in random places stepping up and taking the initiative to organize protests in their states if you had a central leadership structure people would have had initiative because they'll be looking towards the central leader or leaders to take make the steps and no matter how good you are at leadership you can't have all the ideas you know and you're now seeing even post the street protest because good important to make that distinction you're seeing people doing different things you're seeing um people set up um platforms where you know you should vote on ng for example where you register and once voter registration is back you get you get a, you get an email and hopefully an sms um, people like they know your legislators you know, you know, different civic projects are all building on that momentum. This is what a movement is about. But another thing also is the fact, what's the other reason, another reason for why I believe the leaderless structure was brilliant one, because it stole the thunder from the government. For far too long in Nigeria, we see how there's almost a, there's also a dance that people who you play with agitations in Nigeria, you get out there, you do some agitation, there's a leader, either they, they get paid off um or they get compromised or even worse they get harassed you know and sadly even though those in our political leadership today or well, once or the activists of their time they have now become corrupted by that power so they used to it's the, it's the mod they are used to you know you know you corrupt a person you entice a person oh you give them some money to pay off or give them some appointment or it's harassing them and this lack of a leadership structure stole their thunder because they couldn't do any of those. There are people who, for example, who collected money claiming they could shut down the process and they couldn't, you know. And it's also because, and also the reason why the leaderless structure, my last point on this, was a brilliant one is because it's a deficit of trust we have in this country. It's a huge, huge deficit of trust where people feel, um, where as much as we want things to change, we have been beaten so many times by those who have stepped and claimed to be fighting for us. And I'll give you an example. Former, former labor leader, very popular in his time, became a politician, became a ruling party chairman, and became something else. You know? So stuff like this. 
you know, it, so this is that their distrust has made it look like how we should not going to use, they're not using us as a fulcrum to get to power or to prominence or to just get to get um claim relevance so you can get paid off. And the brilliant and the movement brilliantly stayed leaderless so that that depth of trust doesn't come up. So it, I believe it's a brilliant structure, and it's not the first. It's not the first time movements are leaderless. There's a difference between a movement and an organization. It's very important to make that distinction. Civil rights movement, the feminist movement. There's no the feminist organization. If you read theories of feminism, first wave, second wave, third wave, there's no leader. They are movements. They are schools of thought people subscribe to and make do what they will with it. You know, whether it's for good or for bad. I mean, you could call jihadism in, in, in the world as a movement currently. I have seen different, you have seen different waves of it. You have seen like Al-Qaeda, you have seen ISIS, you don't know what will come next. It's the school of thought. So to say NSAS was a failure for a clock of strategy because there's no leader, no visible leader, I think is myopic on part of those who say that. So people who say that um, the youth in Nigeria are not ready for positions of political leadership would usually hinge their arguments on a few young Nigerians who are in positions of political leadership and are not doing as well as we imagined they would or we hoped they would. What do you think about this notion? This is a question we get a lot and it's sad because we, what people do is that they're now hanging young people for all young people for the lack of performance or lack of integrity or whatever it is of the few young people that have been in government. And young people are not the only ones that suffer this. Women in Nigerian governance and politics who suffer it. And if we're going to be honest with ourselves and apply this metric above board, up across board, we won't have any older men in power at all. Because older men are constantly falling, I mean, be, beneath expectations. And yet, no one's saying that's the reason why I'm um, voting any old man again. So, a young person, and sometimes there are even young people like that. So, for example, uh, let me call names like Governor Habelo in Kogye State. Has, people always bash him and say, oh, yeah, young people, not too young to run. Now, look at how poor he's doing. But is he young? I mean, he might be young related to others, but is he a youth? He's his mid 40s. You know, and even if he is a failure, how does he define the entirety of young people? If we're going to use him to define the entirety of young people, why don't we use a Buhari or many other governors as also the definition of old, old, old men? So it's it means a non-starter because there are young people who have distinguished themselves, and not even far too long ago, some of the most celebrated governors we have in Nigeria, the Donald Dukes and the Moazos, were in their late thirties when they became governors. You know. You know, the, the some fine ministers we've had, like the uh, Chukumeka Chikelo and the Frank Monkeys, when they're 30s, why don't you use them and say, oh, these young people did well? Wow, it's, it feels like we're giving a dog a bad name in order, in order to justify hanging it. Thank you for taking out time to share your views with me, Mark. Um, I really enjoyed talking with you and I hope we get more time to talk again soon. Thank you very much for having me on your podcast. It was a real pleasure. I'm looking forward to having these uh, conversations again. I really enjoyed discussing with Mark Amaza and I hope you enjoyed listening too. 
Whether we like it or not, these are questions that we have to ask ourselves as young people in this country. These are discussions that we absolutely need to have. I always say that talking is the first step in the long walk to freedom. I believe that talking is one of the things that would steer our ship in the right direction. And um, yeah, I'm always glad to see young people, you know, discussing very, very important issues. As usual, I'd love to hear your views. You can send me a voice message on Anchor FM or an email to under5 with Aki at gmail.com. That's under five, the number five, with Aki at gmail.com. Please, please, please keep in touch. Until I come your way again next week with something fresh. Bye, lovelies. <laughs>